0: As always, it's so good to be with you this morning, and before we get started, your question did everybody have enough milk and bread for the snowstorm this week, did we? All right, okay, we had milk and bread, we're okay, all right, well this morning we're going to look at the story of the, of the wedding feast in Cana as it is observed through the eyes of John, the gospel writer, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, yes, Mary, the mother of Jesus, John John had a a very great perspective because of his personality, his character, and temperament as being a very loving disciple, the disciple that Jesus loved. But he also had the added benefit that uh, when Jesus was on the cross, he told John, he said, John, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. And Jesus entrusted uh, Mary to John, and so he took her into his home to take care of her. So can you imagine, since the Gospel of John was written many years after the events of Jesus, sitting around the fireside talking with Mary about stories of Jesus? Wouldn't you love to do that? Uh, wow, I'd love to be a, just a fly on the wall to listen to what they had to say as they shared their endearing, loving stories about Jesus. Well, this is one of the stories that I'm sure they talked about because it was a significant one. This this is what you call a major event, a super event uh, in the life of Jesus. They, he was getting ready to go to a wedding. And the week prior to that was just packed with activities and events. See, things are, things are ramping up now. Jesus is around 30 years of age right now. And things, his ministry is ramping up and it's about to get started. We see on day one that uh, John, uh, Jesus approaches the Jordan River and John baptizes him. The next day, Jesus shows up again to uh, begin selecting disciples whom he would say, come, follow me. And he, he did that over the course of the entire week. And actually, by the, by the time the wedding feast had come around... He had already chosen 5 disciples. 5 disciples and they were following him. They had already started following him. And all of them were invited to the wedding. So they said, "Well, sure, let's let's go to the wedding." And this is a great this is a great affirmation. It's sort of a side note, but it's a very important side note. And that is the affirmation of marriage. What do we find where do we find Jesus? Jesus is at the wedding blessing the wedding, blessing the marriage. He's giving his uh, okay to it. And that's a wonderful thing as we think about the priority of marriage as an institution that was established not by culture, not by society, but as an institution that was established by God himself. So what a wonderful thing that is. Well, they get there and they begin to... Begin to have a good time. Weddings, most for most everybody, is a good time, isn't it? But uh, you know, one of the things that the 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 uh, groom uh, that he's responsible for is getting one of the family members to make sure that there's enough food and wine on hand for the event. And uh, because the last thing in the world you want to do is run out. We can't run out. That's just not good. Because these these celebrations could go on for days. I mean, literally, they would go on for days. They, they loved to party, so to speak, you know. Um, but uh, since, since Mary or Joseph, one of the two, was related to the groom, they were in charge of the food and the wine. And uh, so it started to run short. The wine started to run short. And they go and tell Mary, and Mary goes and tells Jesus. Jesus, we're about to run out of wine. Now, that's, a, that's an interesting story. It seems like uh, since they did have a head waiter there and all these kinds of things, they'd say, well, go down to Kroger's and buy a case or two of wine, you know. Uh, but why Jesus? Why did, why did Mary? That's a, that's a good question to ponder, as Mary did. Well, it's because this is a very significant event. The wedding is important. But what's happening at at the wedding is infinitely important because it is Jesus Himself who is establishing the initiation, the launching, the getting out of the bag, so to speak, of His wonderful ministry as the Messiah. See, here's what Jesus knew Jesus knew in His mind that if He performed a miracle, at Cana at the wedding feast where wine was flowing abundantly, when there were a lot where there was lots of wine, it was a signal. It was a sign, you might want to call it, that the messianic age had arrived. People had for hundreds of years longed to hear, to see Jesus, the Messiah, show up on the scene. Isn't that what we heard in Isaiah the prophet? talking about the one who would be the deliverer, who would come. Oh, how they longed for that day when the Messiah would show up. Well, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm here. I'm here. That time has finally arrived. And uh, this is a great day. It's a great day for everyone. It's a great day to celebrate. And so I, when he does this, when he does this miracle, he's setting into wheels the motion for this wonderful message that Jesus, the Messiah, is here on the earth, and so that really begins to um, beg the question. Then, this, as you can see, how that this would be a very substantial event uh, for us as well as for those who were there that day. As we look at the critical association between wine and Jesus, so let me share with you three quick thoughts on how the abundance of wine and Jesus mesh together well the first thing is and i've already hinted at it that the arrival of the messianic age was to be was prophesied to be a time where there would be a super abundance of wine a super abundance of wine you know it's happy time isn't it So when you think of a superabundance of wine, you think of happiness, right? Happiness and joy. Well, listen to some of the prophecies out of the Old Testament about what would occur when the Messiah came. We find in Psalm 85, it says that the vats shall overflow with wine. And Amos 9, it says that the days are coming when new wine will flow from all of the hills And then Joel 3, this is sort of the apex of it, he says that in that day, meaning when the Messiah shows up, the mountains will drip new wine. Well, that's a great abundance, isn't it? It's an overflowing, it's a super abundance because it's a happy time. And so Jesus realizes that and he says, this is it. I'm kicking it off now. There's no turning back at this point. So he asked the servants to take, there was some ceremonial washing jars there. Uh He asked them to fill them. There's six of them. He says, fill them to the brim and let them be overflowing. Doesn't that give you a sense of abundance? Doesn't it? Let just fill them to the brim. What did we hear David say in Psalm 23? My cup overflows, doesn't it? That's exactly, that's exactly what Jesus does for us, isn't it? So uh, the amount of water that was in these jars figures somewhere between 120 and 180 gallons of wine. Now that's a super abundance, isn't it? Surely to God they didn't need that much wine at the wedding. That's several thousand glasses of wine. I mean that would be too much happy, happy. But uh, for the spiritual, from a spiritual perspective, this was tremendous because this is the overflowing of God. This is something that we need to rejoice in. Uh and that's why it's called the first miracle. This is the first recorded miracle that we have. Now, there is a uh what's called the pseudo gospel, the gospel of Thomas, which uh, of course the canon of the church does not accept as in the canon of scriptures. But they talk about miracles before that when Jesus was a boy. They talk about Jesus sort of being a mischievous Jesus in that uh, he turned kids into pigs when they angered him. Or uh, when, when the town was upset with Joseph because of something that Jesus had done, Jesus blinds the whole town. Now that doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? No, no. Now this is the first. Remember that. There were no miracles before this one. This was the first, but it was the first of many. Now, here's the question that really matters about this point today, matters in your life today, matters in my life today. And it's this. Do you feel a super abundance of the new wine of Jesus in your life? That's the question. Do you feel that sense of joy, that sense of super abundance because Jesus is here. Jesus lives within you. That is the question. That's the main question, isn't it? And the miracles, Jesus said, the miracles don't stop when I leave. Some people say they do. But uh, the miracles don't stop when I go back to heaven. No, they continue on and they continue on and they continue on. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it how." abundantly. You know, that's new. That's the wine. That's the wine that Jesus gives us in our lives. So the question is, are you filled with the, to the brim with the joy of Jesus? And if not, why? Why not? Jesus says that you can. Well, let's ramp it up. Let's go to the second point. Uh, each point gets a little higher as we think about the significance of this event. The second point is that turning water into the finest wine, the finest wine was a sign that the new wine of the Jesus would eventually become something even finer. What is it? It's the blood of Jesus, isn't it? The blood of Jesus. What did the head waiter say to the groom that, that day? Uh, you know, I don't understand. See, everybody serves the good stuff first. And once people have had enough of it, well, guess what? They don't really care what it tastes like so much. You know, they're just sort of having a good time. But you do it the opposite way. You keep, you give them the inferior stuff at first, and then you give them the good stuff at last. Well, Jesus knew full well that this was, uh, that this miraculous sign was going to point to something infinitely greater than wine. Even the finest of wines. You know, you can go in a cellar and pull out a bottle that's just cost tons of money, but it's nothing compared with this. This is the finest because it's his blood. You know, it's like what happens right here. This is very significant. When we bring up the gifts, we bring up wine. When we receive and consecrate, it's the blood of Jesus. Now, which one do you want, you know? That's a miracle isn't it Is't that a miracle I, don't, I can't think of a greater miracle than turning wine into the body and blood of Jesus I mean that's uh, that's extremely powerful see when Jesus raised the chalice on Holy Thursday what did he say he says it's no longer wine he says take this all of you and drink of it for this is my my wine this is the chalice of of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for others for the forgiveness of sins wow that's powerful that's power that's new wine isn't it remember always this that with jesus the miracles don't stop a lot of people today they say well you know there are no miracles it's sort of a boring kind of thing you're in the presence of the greatest miracle on earth today. Do you realize that? This is, this is miraculous. This is miraculous. You're, you're witnessing. You are a witness to wine becoming the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you call that a miracle? Well, I would. I mean, I can't think of anything that would be greater than that. See, Jesus keeps giving and giving and giving because he wants the best for us. And then the final thing, it ramps up one more time, uh, and it is this. The sign of the superabundant and the fine wine, meaning the body and blood of Jesus Christ, it points us to the future, to our future. We haven't seen this yet we know it's coming but it is our future as well and it is the great day known as the heavenly banquet have you heard about the heavenly banquet well you want to get on the list you want to get on the invitation list for that one um i like what jesus said boy he he is so uh, he knew exactly what the disciples he knew exactly what you and i needed to hear On the night that he instituted the Eucharist, he said this. Listen to this. He said to his disciples, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it with you anew in my father's kingdom. In my father's kingdom. See, there's going to be a bigger wedding, a bigger wedding feast than than the one that he's attending there It's the great banquet of Jesus. And in heaven, there's going to be this banquet. There's going to be this great feast, which is the marriage of Jesus to his bride. Who is the bride? That's right, us. That's exactly right. We are the bride. We are the bride, the church, the bride of Christ. And there comes together this marriage. And when it happens, guess what? There's a big celebration. There's a great big celebration. And we can find great strength and joy in knowing that one day we too will sit at the, at the banquet table of our Lord and we will feast with him. That's going to be something, isn't it? I like what uh, the angel said to John as he, he was gathering his vision of what heaven is going to be like. He says that, the angel says this, John, John, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. They're blessed. It's a blessing. Uh, It's going to be that kind of celebration. Now, I hope you're planning on attending. You want to be there for that? Well, yeah. I don't think anybody would not want to be there for that. That's substantial, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about eternal life here. That's, that's pretty big. You want to be on the guest list by having your name written in the book. And there is a book. And that book, you hear about it in Revelation, it is called the book of life. Read about it. The Lord opening the book of life. And if your name's in that book, you're invited to the feast. If your name's not in that book, well, it's not going to be pretty. Let me put it that way. It's not going to be pretty. And here's the exciting thing, too. If you get invited, you don't have to wear worry about what you're going to wear. You know, uh, what was it? There was a hat up for auction this week for $275,000. You know, you don't even have, that's cheap. That's cheap for what's going to happen here. That that wouldn't even compare. You know, it's more of a black tie event. Except this this time, there's only one garment that you wear, and it's given to you in preparation and it is this it is a white robe that is washed in the blood of the lamb in the blood of the lamb that's the only thing that will get you in that's the only thing that'll get you in so remember that and he's going to give that to you for the feast amazing utterly amazing but we should not be surprised it's the lord who loves us with an everlasting life Well, a couple thoughts for reflection. The last thing that John records about the story is that seeing after seeing the miracle of the new wine, his disciples begin to believe in him. They begin to believe in him. So as you experience the Eucharist today, as you approach this table today, this new wine, think about, believe in the one who has given himself so freely. And as you do, your faith will grow immensely. And the second thing is this. Reflect upon what someone said about today's story. And they said this. The world's joy always runs out, and it can't be regained. But the the joy of Jesus gives his life that he gives is ever new and ever satisfying. So let the new wine of Jesus flow through your veins and give you joy. God bless all of you.